All right, welcome to a very awesome edition of the Mistaken Identity Podcast with David and Frank. Uh, David actually is at work today and is uh, the reason why he is not here and not for any other reason because he would have loved to be here to talk to um, Sarah on this uh, topic. But uh, sitting in his place is somebody who is uh, no stranger to the podcast. Matter of fact, her episode uh, was a huge hit, and um, I'm excited to have her back here today, and that is Cindy Roy. Cindy, how's it going today? Well, after that Cubs uh, win today, how could it not be any better? And uh, watching it live on TV, and the people in the stands were just, I mean, they were just going ballistic. I mean, they were having the time of their lives, and you could tell it was the first time that they uh, were at capacity and uh, people were just taking it all in and to come from behind the way they did uh, great game yes and uh, I gotta say uh, it was probably the most epic experience I've had since 2016 uh, as an employee uh, we came in and we were surprised with uh, obvious shirts with everybody that said um, welcome home uh, and everybody had them so whether you were uh grounds crew, field guard, facilities, usher, security, supervisor. Nobody could tell what we were. We all had the same shirt on. Like, all had the same shirt on. So it was kind of uh, cool to see all of us in that way. Um, and then, of course, uh, they even let some staff today um, bring the big, large flag on the field during the national anthem. Um, there were former staff there, Daniel Alexa, Hannah. I mean, it was just an amazing Carol was there. Uh, it was just an epic all-around day today that I am I'm probably going to remember for a long time. Well, what was fun is watching it mm-hmm. and seeing the staff in the shirts. I mean, that you know, having worked there, that was it was like, God, what happened? Here? <laughs> <laughs> so that in itself, I mean, and then when uh, someone posted on Facebook, you know, that they had been given them you know, the shirts, I, I, you know, kudos to the Cubs for doing that and definitely obvious shirts. Yeah. And tomorrow is the big, um, city connect Jersey unveiling, um, and staff will be allowed to wear the city connect hats. Um, if they have them, they can wear the hats or the socks, not the jerseys, but, uh, <laughs> we're going back to the uniform tomorrow, but, uh, yeah, they, they have the hats and all the socks. They can wear those tomorrow because the Cubs are going to be unveiled. Have you seen those new jerseys? I have. Um, Mixed emotions on it, you know, okay. um, but I think overall it's, I think it's going to take off. I mean, I actually saw people at the game today that had some of the shirts, the jerseys. And uh, so that was kind of neat to see, you know, what they're, and I had seen what they were going to look like uh, and went to the website on different things and so forth. But uh, yeah, I think that'll be fun. And I'm anxious to see how the players, uh, you know, it's looked as though from what I could see, and I know it was, I believe, Rizzo, um, your buddy, mm-hmm. um, Jason Hayward, and I think it was was a, um, either Javi or it was Contreras. They, they both had one, yeah. yeah. And then one other, uh, our right fielder now. Um, Peterson. Jack Peterson, yeah. Peterson has one, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I thought it was pretty cool. And I think it's kind of nice to see something different. Yeah. Um, so that'll be fun. No doubt about it. 
yeah, so um, I actually have um, the hat and the jersey, and we're going to be giving these away on the podcast, by the way. Uh, so keep listening for that. So I have the hats here, um, which I, I like the baby blue. The baby blue seems pretty cool to me. Uh, the side there, and obviously, uh, I had to get a Hayward jersey uh, there. So, um, yeah, when I first saw it on before the leak that was on Twitter, I didn't like it at all. Didn't like it at all. But then I saw it on the player, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I think I can do that. I think I can do it. So, well, I was tempted, and I still may get one. They had the powder blue uh, shirt, yeah, uh, t-shirt. And I thought that was kind of cool looking. So, and the hats, uh, those are awfully big hats for me, you know, since right. I have a little head. So the hat I'll probably do away with. But Yeah, uh, and, and, and for any staff that's listening, uh, at the Cup Store, you actually get a whopping uh, 30% off on um, this series. So uh, you might want to go get it before it's all sold out. Yes. Um, well, let's get to the reason that we are here. Uh, and this is our, um, the, the month of June, obviously, is um, Pride Month. And we have a guest, Cindy, that me and you both uh, know. Uh, I, I only work with for a little bit. You may have worked with her longer than I did, Cindy. But uh, it is uh, Sarah Homerding. How's it going, Sarah? Going great. Thanks for having me. Uh, and, of course, you know Cindy. Yes, I do. Hey, yeah. <laughs> we had some good times together for sure. Yes, absolutely. So June is Pride Month, it and uh, I wanted to do something. Uh, we did something on culture in the past, so I didn't want to let you know Pride Month go by. And uh, yeah, you got on your. Um, actually, all three of us have on the <laughs> Cubs um, shirts that they give out when you do the uh, parade with the Cubs on the float. Um, Cindy has the one with the cub on it, and then me, you have the one from the everybody in season. Uh, so let's start there actually, because I only went to one. Well, I took it back, I went to a core of one because <laughs> the one that I went to that I agreed to go to got rained out. Uh, and I went from I think um Sheffield and Broadway to maybe like IHOP, and that was it. It was rained out, and it was done with. <laughs> yep, <laughs> <laughs> so I've only had a quarter of an experience. <laughs> The two of you have been to those. So um, let's start with you, Sarah. Tell me about your experience with the Cubs in the parade. Oh, gosh. It was awesome. Um, my, I think it was my second season that I got to do the full one. And then my last season was the rain out parade. But um, it was so cool to be a part of it. The people, any, when they saw the Cubs float coming up, they just go nuts. I mean, you know, we're trying to hold on to all the, the giveaways because they all want it because it's got Cubs on it and it's got pride on it. And, you know, you get your two favorite things together. And yeah, but it was so cool to see it from that perspective instead of being, you know, somebody watching the parade. Because um, I know whenever I watched the parade and the Cubs float came up, I went nuts. I didn't care who I, if I knew anybody on that float or not. I just knew that that was my team showing that they showed up to, for that community and uh, just made me love them even more, but getting to walk in it uh, with everybody. Um, it didn't matter if we were gay or straight. It, it was, we all came together. And of course we, we all know, um, I think my favorite part is having Sue, good old Sue here uh, at the parade. And, you know, she was like the mom 
<laughs> picking up the picking up our garbage, making sure we're eating, staying hydrated. I mean, when it rains, she's handing out garbage bags. Uh, so, yeah, those are my favorite moments with her for sure. I apologize for the dog. That's Piper. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Oh, this show, trust me. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen your I've seen your dog on Instagram, I think, or Facebook many, many times. So I love that dog. So. <laughs> She says hi. <laughs> uh, but uh, Cindy, you know, you know, you've been uh, with the Cubs on the float. Uh, so, what, what were your experiences like? You know, on on the Cubs floating in the, in the parade. Like Sarah said, it's an experience until you actually walk in it. It's different. Um, the one thing, like she mentioned, I mean, you come by and people are like just trying to get everything and anything they can that you're handing out. And even before the parade starts, you have people coming up wanting the shirt, wanting a hat if we had hats, whatever we were giving away. It's like, I mean, literally throwing money at you saying, you know, I'll buy it, you know, I want it. And, uh, but yeah, it's uh, great that um, the Cubs have taken part in the parade. Um, I worked uh, 12 years with the Cubs. Um, and I did the parade 10 of the uh, 12 years. Um, a couple times I actually had like an auction and, and you had to, you know, either you were asked to be in it or not. And then they pretty much opened it up the last couple of years, which is really nice. And like Sarah said, I mean, day straight, whatever. Um, a lot of people are taking part in it and just thoroughly enjoying themselves. And uh, it's a great, you know, community affair. And I think they do a really good job. And like uh, Sarah mentioned, you know, Sue was kind of the mom. She did make sure we stay hydrated. She made sure garbage got put in the garbage bag and made sure we ate. And uh, she's going to be uh, greatly missed, you know, this year when it happens. But uh, overall, and then they have the music going and uh, it is, it's just a really fun time. Yes, and before I forget, uh, uh, Fanatics has the officially licensed MLB uh, Chicago Cubs Pride Month shirt that you all that are listening to the podcast. If you go to the show description, you can actually buy um, the officially uh, licensed Cubs Pride Month shirt uh, from Fanatics. Click on the link in our um, show notes. But uh, believe it or not, so how I got introduced or how I even ended up uh, with the Cubs on the parade for, for Pride, with, actually with Stanley. Uh, Stanley said to me, Frank, you have got to go with the Cubs to the parade. So now, this is Stanley. So I'm thinking Stanley means the Bud Billigan parade, right? So I'm thinking that Stanley is telling me that I need to go to the South Side because the Cubs, you know, and the, and the Bud Billigan, because he was describing it as music. There's food. And like I'm just like, okay, Stanley, let's go. It's whatever. Uh, so I'm like, um, you know, I live north, and I don't want to go with the South Side. It's, it's gonna be traffic, whatever. He's like, no, the pride parade. I'm like, really? You go to the pride parade? I'm like, I had no idea. He said he loved it. I'm like, you gotta go. It's like you could, when are you gonna find millions of people cheering for you, like one of the Cubs? And lo and behold, even though I've only did like what a quarter of a mile, people were cheering for me, probably thinking I'm Carl Edward Jr. because I look so I look like him, but people were cheering for me <laughs> uncontrollably was the greatest thing ever. And you're right. All I had on my hand were some stickers, and people were going nuts. <laughs> yeah. Stickers. So I encourage anybody who's having a bad day, a bad year, 
who just wants to be cheered uncontrollably yeah. for hours and hours because you go from one block to the next and it's just nonstop cheering. Yep. Yep. So I encourage anybody who wants to just get a good pick me up and good self esteem and just, you know, um, come on down. It does not matter, gay, straight, they don't care. You know, Rob, I think, I think Rob Wood was, Rob Wood was, was, was oh, yeah, Rob was good in a few years. He yeah. was there having a good time. I saw Bozo the Clown there. I was like, this, this is. Dan Feingold has done it before. I know Dan's been in. Okay, yeah. I'm like, how did I not know about this? <laughs> <laughs> and I've been in for years. So, uh, yeah, but I want to touch on one thing real quick. And if we can share uh, some more stories and thoughts on Sue, uh, because uh, we know we lost Sue. Um, unexpectedly, at least for me, I didn't know. I didn't know if she was sticking around. To me, it was unexpected. Matter of fact, it was stunning. Is the better word when I found out about uh, Sue. So, we'll start with you, Sarah. Uh, any thoughts or uh, comments you have for, for Sue? I remember my first time working the upper deck. She gave me the whole walkthrough of what to do. You know, especially when the alcohol cutoff came up, and she's like, "You're going to stand right here. You're going to say, you know, it's done, and then you're going to go over here, like." She was on it. She knew everything that you needed to know up there. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what it's like in the upper deck right now without her there. Um, I mean, I know she's there in spirit for sure, but she was such a warm hearted person. And at, when she passed, um, I had found, I, I had posted it on social media too. She had given me, it's probably like a couple inches long. It's like a stick, um, but it was Native American. And she said it would keep you safe and uh, to always carry it with you. And she gave that to me on my last day um, at my going away party at uh, Murphy's. And I couldn't find it for the longest time. And then she passed away and I was looking at my work bag and I saw this white piece in it. And I mean, like the same day that she passed, I'm like, no, that's not it. And I went in the bag and there it was. And I was like, I just sat down and started crying. So I'm like, she's here. She's still, you know, she's still with us. And yeah, what a what a person to lose. I mean, she was incredible. One of a kind, for sure. All right. Well, what about you, Sue? I'm sorry, Cindy. <laughs> I guess Sue and uh, Same thing. I mean, she was one of those. Um, she worked as many hours, you know, that they allowed her to work. Um, but before I became a supervisor, like Sarah said, I mean, she walked me through everything, you know, in the upper deck. Um, she would you know, because of doing the uh, back sweep, um, she always was kind of the last one that came down and we'd sit and, you know, chit chat for a little bit. And she had a heart of gold. I mean, she was one person that would do anything for anyone. And, you know, it. she would talk about, you know, Arizona and, you know, where the try, you know, the place was that she, you know, would frequent. Uh, not as often, I don't think, as she would like to have, and especially, you know, after that quick passing that I don't think anyone, I mean, when I left the last game, I there's no way I would have realized that she would be one that wasn't coming back because she had passed away. Um, she just would do anything for anyone, and just it's very sad and, uh, you know, I know a lot of people um, were very happy of what she would train them to do and how she walked through. And it wasn't even just, 
Um, security, I mean, she made sure that all the guest services were well taken care of. I mean, she looked out for everybody. And uh, I remember, I think it was Sunday, she always brought special treats in and made sure, you know, everyone had a treat and so forth. But uh, yeah, she, I'm sure, is definitely very well missed. And, you know, all the media people knew her because of when she would take over for Keith up at the uh, press box if he had to run something up. I mean, she knew everyone by name. So I can imagine when they came back this year, it was very devastating, you know, that she wasn't around. Yeah, so I, I knew Sue from when I was a teenager because uh, when I first started there, I was 16. So and this is before Sue became uh, known for the upper deck. Uh, but it wasn't until I became a supervisor that I realized just how hard she worked. And I'll never forget this because one day I punched in. I was always at a gate usually or on the concourse supervising, which is a lot of running back and forth. One day I punched in and to my surprise, it said the upper deck. And as a rookie supervisor, I'm like, yes, I'm going to have an easy day. I'm not going to have to do anything because what could possibly, what could possibly happen in the upper deck? I must have got called from Sue at least 20 times. <laughs> he had a nose for people that had alcohol. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, enjoyed themselves a little bit too much. Boy, she had a nose for that. So, yes, Frank, I yeah. can... And it was, I mean, it was sometimes one call after another, after another. <laughs> they were all legit. They, they were all legit. Yes. Yep. Um, and that, that, and one, and that one incident, uh, I ended up, I probably had more ejections that day, uh, than I ever had, you know, in a while. And that was a party that deserved it. But, um, again, it wasn't until I became a supervisor that I realized how hard she actually worked. <laughs> you don't get any break up and up the deck. Um, at all. Um, so before I get to before I get to the prize stuff, you are a huge fan of the Golden Girls. Yes. Uh, so tell me, what is it about the Golden Girls that <laughs> you just die hard? Um, it never gets old, and it's to me, it's still relevant today. A lot of the topics on the show, um, you know, there was a spinoff of um, it was called Golden Palace, and there's actually an episode where, I forget what the actor's name is, um, but they had opened a hotel and Blanche decided to have a Southern women event and was hanging the Confederate flag at this event. And uh, the manager of the hotel, he was African-American and he, he was trying to convince Blanche to take it down and trying to get her to understand what that symbolized to, to him and his community. And it, there's a clip on YouTube and it of the whole scene. And it's just, you watch it, this is 30 years old. And to know everything that's gone on in the past couple of years in America, like, holy cow, if everybody could watch that, you might look at things a little different, you know? So I love that it still has those messages that we can all learn something from. And during quarantine, they were my coworkers. Um, I think I watched the entire series at least 10 times, like from start to end because and I just played them they were my background noise because it was just me and my cast at the time and oh my god I would like be working and I catch a line and I would just crack up because Sophia and Dorothy they're my favorites like Dorothy and her her sarcasm comebacks are just priceless and you can't get enough of Rose and how naive she is so 
it's just a classic to me. And it's, I think it's bigger now than it was when it originally aired. I mean, it's everywhere these days. So yeah, it never gets old to me. <laughs> now, Cindy, are you, are you a Golden Girls uh, watcher? I used to. I haven't watched it, but um, I know exactly what uh, Sarah's <laughs> saying. I mean, you cannot not watch it and not crack up. I mean, yeah. their sa- sarcasm is just unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, the mom and all, it is. And the way they all interact amongst themselves, it's like some of the shows now. I watch because of the connection mm-hmm. and how they pretty much can feed off of each other. It just is comical as can be. It, it's really a good show. And like you said, it really does have a lot to offer on things that had happened and things that are happening now. Yeah. I stumbled upon it one day. Uh, I don't know where I was at, what I was doing, but it was an episode where Dorothy had a son, younger son, who was about to date an older black woman. <laughs> Uh, that was the first one I ever saw. And um, uh, at the time, you know, uh, Dorothy and all of them weren't okay with it because of the age and then she was African-American. And it's just the whole series, I think uh, Rose and um, uh, uh, Blanche had a mud uh, yeah. face. Yeah. They walked in. It was just hilarious, right? And then, and then uh, Sophia walked in the door and you could tell the crowd was like, what is she gonna say? Cause they know, you know, so that's <laughs> how I first saw it. And that was so funny to me that day that I ended up watching all the time. Um, but that episode was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. But uh, so we're here for Pride Month. Uh, we wanna talk about uh, a lot of, uh, I want you to actually help uh, educate uh, all of us on uh, Pride Month while we have it. And I guess we had to start at um, what I was told was um, Stonewall, which is what started what we now know as the Pride Parade and Pride Month. So can you feel, especially me, I'm not really too sure about it, but can you fill us in on Stonewall and how we moved to where we are today? Yeah, so Stonewall was, um, it was a big gay and lesbian community um, in New York City. Um, and it was actually a cafe and... Um, the police were um, doing raids. They would just come in and do raids because it, back then it was illegal to, to be out and, and to live that lifestyle. Um, so it was late June, and this is where we get Pride Month in June because it was in late June. Um, there was a police raid in the early morning and the, peop- the community had enough and they fought back and it was like, they started off in the cafe throwing stuff around and then they took it to the streets um, because they just had had enough of feeling like outcasts and outsiders that didn't belong. And, you know, them fighting got us to, it started a movement and here we are, you know, so still struggle. We still have struggles, but without those riots, we would not be as open as we can be today for sure. And one thing I noticed now is that, uh, Pride parades in almost every city or country are actually some of the largest <laughs> gatherings of, of straight and gay people. They're like massive parades, like just in every city you see them, even in other countries, they're like, they bring like everybody together. Yep. And it's like, you know, and, and it's funny because like I, I've just never ever um, 
thought about it until I saw a aerial shot of Chicago one time from like downtown all the way up to I'm just like this is a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the whole city was right there. so my, my question is uh um are both of you Cindy and Sarah are you all in awe of how large it has gotten considering how much pushback you see on tv from po- you know political reasons uh they push back hard on it which are you shocked at how big it's gotten based on how you know politics sort of get into it and you know try to squash it a lot for me um you know i feel like chicago's got the biggest pride parade in the country um i'm not sure how new york's is but you know from what i've seen i think there's like over two million people that attend it um so for me, now that I live in Florida, it was complete culture shock because we don't do things like that down here. Um, but I will say that because it's, it's very um, conservative down here, they're, I would say 20, 30 years behind in the times. And that's not, I love it down here, but um, you, can, you can see it. And I went to my first pride, um, not last March, before we were quarantined, so March before. And I was amazed how many people chose to come out um, of all walks of life and support the tiny parade that my city had. I mean, so I wish it was more open down here, um, but to know that people were showed up to support, whether they were gay, straight, whatever they were. Um, so I know it, it change still needs to happen in certain areas of the country, um, but to know that it, it's making its way, it, help. Um, yeah, Cindy, if you want. Well, I remember um, attending parades back in the 80s, 90s. And I'd say if there were, you know, 5,000 people, you know, and people were afraid to go out. And now at least they have that opportunity, no matter if they're straight gay or whatever, and want to watch or be in it, that they don't have that fear that they had years ago. So in Chicago, to me, does does a phenomenal job. And uh, the way it's ran and so forth, I, you know, I, I feel honored to be uh, included, to be honest with you. I think it's uh, really nice. And, you know, when you see all these different people and how kids are getting involved in it now, um, and even older people, I mean, it's come a, a full circle on who attends, and it's great to see. I have yet to understand why people care so much about what other people do. Like, I just don't like when it comes to like racism or when it comes to you know LGBT rights and transgender, or whatever. Um, people get so you know live the way I tell you to live, or you're going whatever. I, I just I've never understood. I saw this great quote, and that is, if you're against gay marriage, then don't get one. Like, <laughs> like I've never understood why people uh, fight so hard to be racist or to be homophobic. I've, I've never, ever understood it, which leads me to these, these transgender laws that are uh, going to be passed, or maybe they are passed, so you might know more than I, more than I do, but I, I was reading, I was watching MSNBC, and um, they had a governor on who had, um, you know, passed a law in his state 
that said that transgender children can't compete in sports. And um, so obviously, and I think with even Rachel Maddow, I think who I love, um, had was ready for him, right? So she <laughs> she asked him first, you know, several questions. He kept saying, "Well, my legislator did this, so I signed it. My legislation they they did this, so I signed it." Um, and then she asked him, "So were there were there any cases in your state of transgender kids trying to play sports?" And he said, "No." And then so she just kept asking questions as to you know your state has the lowest health, uh, you know rates, the lowest in education, the lowest in whatever. Why is this a priority? And not all the other things. And he just kept saying, well, the legislators, they passed it, so I had to sign it. <laughs> what do you think about these new laws? Even I even see it now with voter suppression, but these new laws that are coming out now that you know affect transgender people all of a sudden. It's like, is that the new thing now? It's almost like they're just digging for anything they can because they're, they're losing the battle in so many other ways. Um, Cause we're here, we're not going anywhere. We are here to stay. And same with the trans community. Like my heart goes out to them because my stepbrother is trans and you know, I, I see the things that come up and it's just, it's heartbreaking because they're just people at the end of the day, they bleed the same red we do. They have the same heart just because they felt so strongly and, and had we, we don't know we're not trans so we can't compare ourselves to them so um you know it, for me what i when i see these things like in florida you know the governor signed on june 1st the start of pride month this anti-trans bill where transgender females cannot play female sports in public schools but all of that comes from just misinformation and not understanding what transgender is and what it actually means to become a transgender female. I mean, you're, you're, it's not a man going up there to the, to the plate to, to bat now. It's, they've had things change within them that they are now legally a female. And it's just, I wish people would hear, especially these, the, the younger kids speak that are becoming more aware of themselves at a much younger age and are more open to talk about it now. Um, they're not as afraid. Um, I, because there are some very intelligent, well-educated trans people that I've seen speak. And if I think people would maybe be a little more understanding, maybe not as accepting, but a little more understanding of what it is, why this is so important for the trans community to be accepted. All right. You got any, uh, any uh, feedback, Cindy, or your thoughts about you know, laws that are being passed now against LGBT people in 2021 of all ages? Well, and like Sarah said, it's really a shame. Sometimes I think we are taking steps backwards instead of going forward. Um, I've always looked at it as people are people. I mean, there's, you know, nothing that should stop them from being who they are. And that's what's bothersome is so many people want someone to be something they're not. And I think that some schools are starting to open up to where they're, you know, having counselors talk to kids because the unfortunate thing is you look at how many kids commit suicide because they don't have anyone to talk to. They don't know how to talk to someone about it. And I mean, I look at it when I look back on it, I probably was from the get go 
And it took me how many years to finally say, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very true of many kids, no matter male, female, that, or transgender. I mean, a lot of them, it's like, I mean, I played softball with the person that did change, you know, she always felt that she was a male instead of a female, but it took her until her fifties to finally say, this is who I am. And I think as a society, we have to look at it as allow them to be who they are. And, you know, when they're maybe, you know, in their teens, can they really make the decision for themselves, but at least allow them to explore what is out there and not just say, no, this is who you are, you know, not let them be who they are. Yeah, I think, I think you made a good point, Sarah. I think uh, the tide is turning and then uh, they see that they're starting to lose this battle, even with, with a lot of things. They're just, mm -hmm. they're just losing the battle. So they get louder and louder and louder. But um, you're right. That's, that's a good point. Club 400 Ballpark Lager is a beer for all nine innings. Take me out to the ball game. This crisp, easy drinking lager is perfect for a summer day amongst the bricks and ivy. Crafted at Crystal Lake Brewing, this beer is clean and refreshing with minimal bitterness so that you can celebrate a W in style. From Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cub fans, this baseball brew can be found at most places that sell beer in Northwest Illinois or from Crystal Lake Brewing. Beer master Ryan Clooney. Enjoy a beer or six pack today and please remember to drink responsibly. Today's episode is brought to you by Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler for you to book your first real vacation for 2021. Vacations, remember those? Best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money, and that's a win-win in our books. Omeo wants to help you leave your house, that's right, leave your house for a change this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to omeo.com and use the code LISTENER5, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and the number 5 at checkout. It's valid until June 30th for new users on all modes of transportation. It's just the pick-me-up 2021 needs. Omeo, plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. So let's move to today. There are, are yet no openly uh, gay baseball players or NBA players, although I've heard people say that if there's people gathered somewhere, somebody's probably gay somewhere. But uh, do you think that baseball, which is very conservative usually, um, or the NBA, do you think that they're ready, the fans are ready to cheer for a um, openly gay player? You know, I was thinking about that. And I know in the NFL, they've had members come out as gay and NFL's America's num like number one sport. And that hasn't changed. Um, you know, I haven't seen anybody say, Oh, I can't be a fan of that team now because they've got this. I don't, I don't know football at all really, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I would hope eventually 
if there are gay ball players out there in baseball or basketball that they know that they're they'd still be loved and supported because at the end of the day I think we're all when it comes to sports we focus a lot more on how they are in the sport than what they do at home um I know you know a lot of us see some things in the media about different players that we probably wouldn't support um with anybody else in our lives, but because we love who they are as an athlete, we support them no matter what. Um, so I, I, I think it would be good. I don't, I can't see us not being receptive to it. Um, you know, I would hope not, but I think there would be more support than there would be for people not to support it. All right. What do you think, Cindy? I would agree with that. You know, I mean, to me, there again, they're human and, um, to me, we, we should, as, you know, fans support them, you know, but, uh, and hopefully, you know, I mean, in deep down, you know, there, there's gotta be, you know, and what, what causes them not to, is it because they have the fear of how people are going to react to them? Is it even amongst them, their plight, you know, their teammates, um, you know, professionals is, you know, it, that's a tough one, you know, and, uh, I think colleges, I think you're finding that a few more college people are starting to come out. Um, and hopefully because of that, it will finally get to the professional level and they should feel, you know, Hey, this is who I am. And, uh, but only time will tell, you know, I mean, hopefully it will happen. And I know um, if I were straight, you know, I'd be, you know, backing them up no matter what. And I would hope most people would. Yeah. Your, and your point about college, uh, just, just the amount of college athletes, because I, you know, I, I mean, we grew up in college, we know what goes on in college. It's just hard for me to believe that there are none in baseball right now <laughs> based on common sense and two plus two equals four from the college days. So. <laughs> it just seems. Yeah. All right. So maybe now, it's in their contract. If they come out something, maybe they get, I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but who knows? I mean, yeah. I feel like the one who comes out first is going to get the endorsements, going to get the deal. Oh, the yes. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I believe I believe some of them have come out after they left baseball or yeah. after they left the NBA. I'm trying to think of one. I know it's top of my head, but it's not coming to me. Yeah, right. you know, I think you're right, and I'm trying to think of who it was. I want to say Billy Bean, but um, I don't know. What, I could be wrong, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to say it in my head right now, Billy Bean. But, um, yeah, I feel like you know people people wait until they leave and then mm-hmm. they do it. But um, I just feel like whoever does it now is going to be. TV shows, interviews, endorsements, GLAAD awards. Yes. <laughs> All of that. Um, uh, so I want to bring this real quick to make this personal because um, there may be some people listening to this because uh, it's not all staff. It's the public as well, young people uh, who may uh, have questions or whatever and that maybe you can help with this. Uh, and that is um, coming out stories. Sarah, you want to you know, give a... Um, help out some young person with, with a story as much as you choose to share? Yeah, sure. Um, 
So my coming out story is not like your typical sit down with your parents and have that like moment, that pressure. I never thought of that. Um, and I've been really lucky um, and I'm grateful to my family for accepting me for who I am and, and not turning their back on me. So I know that there are people out there that are listening that don't have that advantage. So, but know that you are not alone um, and you've got people that are there um, for me. I started dating somebody and I just brought her to a family event and was like, here she is. Like I just gave her name and they're like, Oh, okay. And everybody was very welcoming. Like, you know, it wasn't questioned. It's still, my family still doesn't question anything with me. Um, It's more of, okay, we know it's out there. We know that this is who she is, but she's still Sarah. Like nothing changes there. Um, so I'm very, I'm very fortunate with that. Um, and then for me, I think the hardest part has been work, um, being in an office setting and being around, at least for me, I'm always around people that are another generation before me. So it's hard for me to, to know if I can come out or if I need to just keep that private. Um, and I, I tend to where I where I'm at now, I, people know, but I don't flaunt it. Um, it. It's, you know, the people that need to know, know. And I, my one coworker said, look at how you're dressed. It's kind of obvious. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, but um, there are still moments that I struggle with that. Um, and I look back now of who I was as a kid. I mean, my Barbies were hooking up with Little Mermaid and, you know, my Barbie pillow was my favorite thing in the world. And, um, you know, I, I'm thinking back on like my best friends and I had, I was obsessed with them, but I was obsessed with them because I really had like a crush on them. And I just didn't realize what it, what any of that was. And I didn't come out. So I was in my early twenties, um, to really figure out who I was. So, um, you know, everybody's got a different story to tell, but the most important thing is to just just be who you are and know somebody loves you, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. Now, Cindy, you said you were uh, in your 30s. Uh, so do you want to share your, your stories at all? Sure. Um, so my parents, um, I never came out to them um, until after my dad had passed away. Uh, my younger sister was the first one that I told. Um, all my siblings pretty much were like, we know, we knew, um, why did you, you know, wait to say anything? And I think it was the times, um, and it was, you know, people were, you know, my workforce, a lot of them knew that I was, but I wasn't really open about it. Um, not that I was shameful of it by any means. I think a lot of it was just the reaction that you were going to get on if you did bring it up. Um, so you just kind of went along and just, you know, rode the current type of thing. And um, my mom is, you know, older and she's like, you're the same person I knew when you were, you know, young, you haven't changed You're, you know, you're still the same person. And that's how everyone's accepted. And what's ironic is, um, my one of my sisters um, had a daughter going in the high school and she goes, can I tell Sophie is her name? Can I tell Sophie that you're gay? 
And I said, by all means. And I said, if she has any questions, because she was approaching my sister on, you know, is Aunt Cindy, you know, is there something different about her? You know, so it, it was ironic that she brought it to my sister's attention. And uh, so I have had a few conversations with my niece, you know, and it's nice to, you know, it was almost like it took a weight off my shoulders when I was able to talk more openly about it. Um, when my mom would come and visit, she'd be like, oh, thanks for giving up your room and, you know, different things. But uh, yeah, it's one of those, you know, I'm, it's a situation to where it's like, you know, people do need to feel that they have someone that they can talk to about it. Um, and I think I had played softball for years and were there people, I mean, I remember grade school. I mean, there's a girl I went to grade school with that, you know, she's got a partner now and we've been in communication. She's in New York now. And we're like, you know, why didn't we talk to each other about this years ago type of thing? But it wasn't discussed then. And that's where I hope that anyone that is struggling or has any questions that they do reach out to someone and, you know, they can just be open and uh, feel free that they can discuss something with someone. Uh, yes. And, you know, to, to sort of bring it back to uh, Wrigley in a way that it's not work-related, um, we actually had a transgender, openly transgender staff person a couple of years ago uh, when we were there at Wrigley. It actually taught me a lot, um, that I, things that I didn't even know. And uh, one of those things that you think that I would know this, me being as you know educated as I pretend to be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> about the difference between gender and sexuality, um, because I think if you can understand the difference between gender and sexuality, um, you are getting um, one step into in the door and you know understanding what is going on, as opposed to hearing something and then judging somebody and sort of, um, you know, making them feel some type of way because you're not educated on it, not anything that they've done because to them it's natural and that's just how it is. Um, so Sarah, just, and then correct me if I'm wrong because I'm, I'm trying to learn this to myself. Gender is what you are given at birth, right? Like male and or female, something that you're mm -hmm. getting signed by a doctor. Yeah. So if you are transgender, that means what? Um, it means you were born in the wrong, wrong body, essentially. You're born, you feel, um, so if I'm, I'm female, um, I'm born female, but I feel foreign in this body. I was, I feel that I'm male. Um, so you just, you feel like everything that's given to you was wrong. It wasn't supposed to be that. Um, so that's why people transition because they, they want the body that they believe they were, that's theirs. Um, you know, transitioning female to male, like my stepbrother had his breasts just removed and he never felt fully transitioned until they were removed. He just felt that that weight in all sense of the term held him back from being who he really was for his whole life. So now the people that, uh, like, for example, when you go to the, um, 
Uh, and I see, uh, I think Pamela Rand or Mickey Fall, they always post this all the time on their page uh, publicly who I'm saying their names, but um, uh, I, think, I think it's like either Hamburger, Marriott, or Kit Kat Club, whatever. People that impersonate, people, people that are men who impersonate females who have no intention of, um, you know, getting uh, any changes or whatever, they're, they're what? What are they called? Um, I want, well, I call them the drag queens, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you want to call them like a, like if that would be, I've heard the term transsexual as well, um, you know, and that's just, they love, I, I have a few friends that do drag and they just love it. Like they're still, they love being a male, but they just love to get all glamored up and put on a show. <laughs> And before I forget, just a quick plug. So one of the young men, uh, I've been mentoring boys for a long time. One of the young men that I mentored um, as a teenager was recently on uh, RuPaul's drag race named The Vixen. I'm not sure if you watch it or not, but The Vixen is uh, somebody that I actually mentored as a teen in one of my programs. Um, now, I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't watch uh, RuPaul's drag race. So I, didn't, I didn't actually get to see it. But I saw him on Twitter once and I talked to him about it on Twitter, or whatever. It has a RuPaul Drag Race has a huge following. <laughs> it is like must see TV. Uh, and he has endorsement deals and all kinds of things. And he has no desire to change his gender, um, which, which is why I could, we still call him him, right? Because he has no, he's just, I don't want to say, is, is drag queen okay to say? I don't know. It's okay. Is drag queen okay to say? I would think. I, I would say so. That's a live boy's. Uh... It's in the title, RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, he would not be considered transgender because he's not, he's, you know. Yes. Right. Um, and then, so that's gender. And now sexuality is that um, who you choose to have sex with? Is that sexuality, which is different than gender? Yeah, that's my understanding of it, who you're sexually attracted to. And I did not know this, but. Uh, we we know of bisexual and we know you know, but I didn't know that there was such thing as asexual. I did some research. You think I would know these things? But um, <laughs> there are people that are actual that they have no sexual desire or attraction to anybody. Yep. At all, and it makes you wonder. I'll be like, you know, how how? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when you learn something new, you're like enlightened. You're like. Wow, like there are people because I, mean, I you don't hear about asexual or asexual mm -hmm. whatever you hear about bisexuals um, because that makes more money on TV than being gay uh, bisexuality. But when I heard about asexuals, I'm like, oh, I don't know people out there who just have no desire to. Yep, they've got their own flag and everything. Oh, that's another thing. I've seen uh, there are a lot of flags for yes. uh, uh, um, situations. So, um, what do you think about? What do you think about actually should, and this is controversial, I'm going to ask both of you, this is controversial. Uh, knowing what we, what, we know, what we know now about gender and sexuality, should we be, um, you know, when a, when a girl is born, do we buy them pink? When a boy is born, and we're, 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 we're the ones, the adults assign the gender based on what they see. How do you feel about people who just do purple which is the mix of whatever and then they let the child you know decide. What, what do you stand on you know gender and babies and young people you know for me i i wouldn't care either way like especially like somebody that's had more than one kid and they're just 
or like a baby like back to back and like I don't want to buy boys clothes just because I had a girl like they're gonna make a mess out of it anyway um you know or here we are as Cubs fans you can tell me I'm not gonna put cubby blue on my baby girl like no she's you know um so for me I I love it like I get my niece random shirts that aren't girly all the time. And I do that specifically because I don't want her to feel that she has to wear pink or purple or, you know, the girly stuff. I want her to, to know there's a lot more out there. Um, and just to be comfortable, be comfortable with what you, you put on and it's okay if it's different. I agree with that. I totally agree. And, uh, and I think you're finding that more people are getting like a neutral color no matter if it is a girl or a boy. Um, I think they're selling more of that kind of just, uh, you know, either or type of color. Um, I think that's become very uh, prominent now. Yeah. I remember a time where, you know, men um, couldn't wear pink. And, I'm, and I said the word couldn't because if you were wearing pink, uh, people were pretty much stereotyped. Right. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't until I think now we've gotten. To, some of us have gotten to the point now where we're like, wait a minute, does wearing a certain color does that make you gay, or is it mm -hmm. which one? Which makes you gay? Sleeping with the same sex or wearing a certain color? <laughs> and I will say, some guys look really good in pink. So they do. <laughs> about you know about the whole the whole metrosexual thing that started out because what happened I, and I. When I'm doing the um, at the at the ball game and the players are coming and going, um, I gotta tell you the way the players dress nowadays NBA, NFL, MLB when they're out of uniform when they're traveling on the road, the average person who is you know totally homophobic or whatever if they knew that their favorite player was wearing whatever I just feel like the athletes don't the athletes don't care anymore the athletes don't care where mm -hmm. you're, they've got the money. Um, uh, and Cindy, you, you've done a lot of player escorting. The players dress completely different. Oh. Society thinks men should wear. Yes, I totally agree. Uh, yeah, it was always fun when I had the uh, curtain call on a get, you know, day that they were uh, leaving. Because it was, it was, you know, kind of fun to see the different, uh, attire they were wearing you know yeah. some were to the you know extreme and then some were you know t-shirt and jeans or whatever but i mean amazing what some of them wear for sure yeah i'll be my page and i'll see somebody uh make fun of um men that are wearing um you know skinny jeans whatever and then i'll go even you know i'll go on their page and see all the athletes that they love and support and i think to myself <laughs> i see them dressed i'm like does this guy know that this guy is wearing jeans all the time, every day, all day? Uh, because I think I just feel like athletes don't care anymore. What your opinion is? They don't care. I know mm -hmm. this. Uh, I know LeBron James doesn't care. I've seen. I think LeBron James carry, uh, but I think it's called a man bag now. But in, <laughs> in the interview, he got upset with somebody, got up from the table, put his sunglasses on, grabbed his bag, and walked out. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> but people people love LeBron James not, they don't call him gay yeah. but if the average yeah. person were to do that if the average oh. person were to do that they're, they're, they're gay so I think that there's, there's just a sports is confusing <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> like I said, even today, uh, athletes coming in, I'm like, if the public can see what they're wearing, they would probably, right. you know, yeah. That's another story for another day. But <laughs> let me uh, thank you, uh, um, Sarah, for joining me on our uh, first ever Pride uh, Month edition of the podcast. Um, hope you enjoyed it. I did. Thank you so much for asking me to do it. It's, you know, the Cubs will always be a part of me. And, you know, I, I love still getting to, to be a part of this family. So it's an honor. And I think the Cubs were the first ever team to have a... LGBT anything night or something I think yep yes they are yeah uh, but before we go uh can I see your dog all the time on social media is there a dog around can we see your dog or yeah Piper come oh, here yeah, I come here. quite large by the way yes he is 44 pounds yeah. those of you that have the membership on Patreon uh, <laughs> you to see this here she is I see. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh that's, a, that's a nice dog. What kind of dog is that? She's a mix. I did the DNA test on her, and her three top yeah, breeds were. They have, a, they have a dog yeah. DNA test? Yes. Yes. Oh. I know. Yeah, oh. she's Pit, Golden Retriever, and a Siberian Husky were her three top breeds. Wow. Yeah. Um, she is a bundle of energy. Like, she is always ready to go. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking her to a Pride Pet Parade on Sunday. Oh, very <laughs> nice, very nice. There are pictures of your dog everywhere. Yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, and Cindy, thank you for joining. You're also actually a Patreon supporter of the podcast as well. So thank you for that. I uh, hope you are uh, enjoying being able to watch the podcast on those shows. But um, uh, what would you think about today's episode, Cindy? Well, um, unfortunately, I did not get to see today's. Um, I just had carpet put in and uh, tile. So I've been uh, rather busy getting things back to being organized. When you have to when you have carpet, I mean, and they want everything out of the rooms. It's uh, a little bit, but uh, I will be uh, catching up on a few of them tomorrow. And we're actually going to meet, see each other because the uh, supervisor, my first time saying it live on the podcast, but the supervisors are having a little, I shouldn't say little, are having a big um, event at Club 400 in July, uh, which I'm helping to plan. I'm going to, and Cindy, you've been to Club 400. Oh. Uh, Sarah, Sarah you might not have, have you heard about it, Sarah? Have you heard about Club 400? I don't think it was there when I left. I don't know if it had officially opened yet or not. Let me, well, let, me let, let me let Cindy try to put it into words, Club 400. So you want to try to put it into words, Cindy? Well, there's a gentleman that has a home in Huntley. Well, it's actually like in the hills. That um, his man cave has been seen on WGN. So it's actually, I mean, you name it, he has it. I mean, he has stadium seating. He has a screen that comes down. He has like three big TVs, got like a horseshoe um, bar area. He's got an outside area. I mean, this guy, it's just, I was amazed. I mean, I thought I had a pretty nice setup in my basement, but this is like four times nicer. I mean, wow. Yeah. And then he does a lot of fundraising for uh, people with different disabilities. 
So that's awesome. That's where the Club 400 comes in. They try to help out um, from kids to adults that are struggling in different things and try to fundraise for them. If I that's amazing. That correctly. So, uh, but yeah, great. I mean, the guy is unbelievable and uh, would, you know, so I'm hoping he can come to my home and check out what I have sometime. So, uh, but yeah, very nice, very nice. Yeah, so that would be the next time that I uh, see Cindy. And I'm going to try, since I kind of have all the two brothers there, I'm going to try to convince some of them to uh, do a podcast episode real quick while they're all there. <laughs> cool. Going to be getting all of them together at once uh, for the podcast. But uh, thank both of you. And I definitely want to remind everybody, if you want the officially licensed Cub Pride shirt, click on the link in the description and you can buy it. But uh, please tune in to the next episode of the Mistaken Identity Podcast with David and Frank. Hey everybody, Joe Flaherty here with the Mistaken Identity Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We want to thank you for your continued support. We also want to extend a heartfelt thank you to those of you who have written reviews, dropped some likes, and shared our shows as that has allowed us to grow beyond any of our expectations. As a matter of fact, we're excited to announce a new way for our loyal listeners to enhance their experience even more with our new membership feature. All you have to do is jump in the show notes and follow the link to our Patreon page, where you can find access to a whole bunch of extra goodies for as little as $3 a month. You'll be given access to exclusive content, merchandise, behind-the-scenes video, early access to episodes, the ability to make special requests for guests, and much, much more. Now, if that sounds like something that interests you, head on over to Patreon and search Mistaken Identity Podcast, or simply follow the link in our show notes to join the likes of Nancy Sullivan, Alice Daniels, and Kathy Chester at the rookie level, all the way on up to the Hall of Fame level with longtime listeners Kathy Weedley and Kathy Grossman. As always, we can't leave without our disclaimer. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.